0: Shalom, alaikum, everybody. Apologies for the uh, delay. Can everyone uh, hear me? Yes? Yes, we can hear you, Rabbi. Okay. So um, I'm going to. Okay, thank you, Stacey. We're going to. um, Okay, I'm sharing my screen. And okay, so welcome to everybody.
1: We are starting uh,
0: Be'ezrat Hashem, the eighth volume of um, all of Jewish uh, law that is uh, pertinent to our times, I am not connected to the times of the Beit HaMikdash, into four different sections, Orachaim which is basically deals with how a Jew lives from the time he wakes up in the morning till the time that he goes to sleep, um, dealing with how he has to act in davening, in tefillah, uh, Hilchot Shabbos, Hilchot Chagim, that is the first section called Orachayim. And the Torah actually explains why does he call it Orachayim, the way of life, in order that a person should not fall to the traps of death. That's how he describes it. Bokshay hamavet so this is what we are going to be learning for the next uh, for the next couple of months maybe a year or two and that is Orachain, the most uh, prevalent part of the Shulchan Aruch that we coming to uh, that we need to know on a, on a daily basis so we begin with when a person wakes up in the morning uh, what one does and this is our uh, this is our topic for today so let us begin with the mishnah burah um, for those who have the, the books you can follow um, starting on page 25. For those who don't, you can follow with me um, on, the, on the screen. The Mishnah Brura, uh, sorry, one second. One second. Can you? Can Okay, so the Mishnah Brura points out as follows. In Orachaim, Siman, Aleph. Tov lomar techet b'kumul. It is good for a person to say as soon as he uh, awakes, either him or her, "Mode ani lefanercha, melechay vekayam shechazat binishmati, kama binishmati bchemla, kama rabba emunatecha." The person should thank Hakadosh Baruch Hu, right, the living and eternal King who has returned my soul in kindness, and rabba emunatecha great is your faithfulness not as many people say uh, right, in great kindness rather you have returned my soul in kindness and and you have great faith um, um, your, your faith is your faithfulness is great. What does that mean? Explains the Mishnah Brewer, that after the word kindness, you actually have to put a pause. And great is your faith. That should be without pause. And this comes from the Pasuk that we find in Eicha, that uh, when a person, uh, the, the uh, prophet is, is, is telling us <coughs> that in the beginning, right, when we wake up in the morning, that we are considered like a new creature. And great is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's faithfulness. And the question is, what does it mean? Great is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's faithfulness. So here, Rabbeinu Yona explains what is the faithfulness. And he says, The faithfulness is that Hashem basically returned us our souls. When we went to sleep, we kind of gave back our souls. And Hashem, in his faith, returned us our souls. Now, a further meaning, or deeper meaning of what Rabbi Yona means, why does he return us our soul? And he has faith, Akash Baruch Hu has faith in us that we are going to do good in, uh, better in this, in, in, by giving us another day of life, we will ultimately uh, uh, do good and do m- more mitzvot and serve him more and Therefore, he returned us life in order that he has faith in us that we will be continue to do good and to better ourselves. What's interesting is that this prayer modernity, we don't find in the Gomorrah, we don't find in the Zohar, we don't find it almost in any of the Rishonim. This is a very, very late a prayer that is mentioned by the Magen of Ram, who is one of the commentators who lived in the 1700s, quoting Seder Hayom. But we do find a very similar prayer in the Gemara. And this is a Gemara in Masechet Brachot that says as follows, Ki when a person wakes up, Omer, Elokai Shamash Shenata Tavi Torah, the soul that you have given me is pure, Ataya bi, bi, you created me, and, and you blew it into to breathe life into me and you guard me, etc. etc. And then it says at the end of the prayer, thank you, God, the God of my forefathers, reborn and he we end off the prayer by Hashem, who restores souls to the now this the Gemara says we should be saved so what happened why did we have to come up with a new Mode'ani which is not written in the Gemara Uh, it's not written in many of the Rishonim it's quite a late edition So, so what's going on Explains the uh, the Shulchan Aruch that or mishnato yomarelo kayn shema Shulchan Aruch quotes the Gemara. We should say, however, Achshav mipnei she'en adaim nakiot. But now that our hands are, and this means that we cannot say a bracha if our hands are not clean. Nagur the Sadram the Beit Hakneset. So that's why we say this when we go to Shul. So that's a very different understanding of what's going on. The prayer that is mentioned in the Gemara, we should have said, but the prayer includes Shem Hashem, God's name, Baruch HaTan. In this paragraph, comes to five times. But we haven't done the tilat yadayim. So because we haven't done we cannot say this the yet. And because of that, we have to say, we have to say which doesn't mention shame and therefore there's no problem saying it, even before we do One of the questions, what the Gemara, in the times of the Gemara, they also had uh, 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 unclean hands. So why did the Gemara not have a problem saying when a person wakes up that they can say Why did we have to wait for the Shulchan Aruch to tell us that? Hold on, Elokeinu Shema. Why didn't the Gemara think of that problem? So one answer given is that it was out of order when the Gemara says when you wake up. It didn't mean straight away when you wake up. It meant during the the uh, time when you are waking up. You should say this prayer, but not as you wake up. That's one answer. A possible other answer is that there is actually a tension between the shahs, what we call the Talmud, and the Zohar. As we'll see as we go through um, this shiur, there are going to be many reasons given why we actually have to do nothing like and we'll see mentioned three different reasons, but one of them is mentioned by the Zohar, and it's not clear that the post of the trust of the opinion of the Zohar, and therefore we cannot, as we make up, uh, wash out, uh, the reason why the Gemara wasn't bothered by it is not because um it was said out uh, this opinion of the Zohar. As I said, we do accept the opinion of the Zohar, and therefore, practically, we cannot say as we wake up, shame shem, and therefore we say, instead of it, modern. So let's jump to the... Um,
1: um,
0: uh, the explains as we said why can you say even if one's hands are there is no mention of shame Hashem of one of the divine names in in its formulation there's no and therefore it's not a problem reciting what they while one's still in bed, as one's off the same, one does nitilat And this is already mentioned in the Gemara. The Gemara in Brachot, when a person washes his hands, Lema, let him say, Baruch Hashem, Shalom, et The Gemara in Brachot over there, we didn't quote the entire Gemara, but the Gemara does say, when a person wakes up, he says, when he, uh, when he uh, gets dressed, he says all the brachot, um, and listening in those brachot, when a person washes his hands, he says, uh, So we've seen from the Gemara that you actually make a bracha on the tilat yadayim in the morning. And the question is, why? And here we find, Three major reasons. Two of them are mentioned by the Rishonim, the Rosh, and the Rashba. The Rosh rats Kimashi Omer Yadav Shel Adam The hands of a person when they are sleeping are busy, meaning that one's hands, one is not in control of one's actions when one is sleeping. One's hand might have touched covered parts of the body, and therefore the ear of Shah shall only the to almost impossible. And
1: therefore,
0: this bracha was in David, says Rosh, one should wash one's hands and say a bracha before mincha and ma'ariv, if one's hands were dirty. Meaning if I went to the bathroom before davening mincha, one has to wash one's hands with the bracha, al before, before saying, before davening mincha. So the Rosh understood that the reason why the Gemara says, we do natilatya yadaim in the morning with a bracha is a preparation for tefillah our hands are dirty we assume our hands are dirty and therefore we have to wash them as preparation for tefillah based on that says the rosh anytime our hands are dirty and we need to clean them in preparation for tefillah one is going to need to recite the uh, one is going to need to again uh, Have uh, uh, However, the Rashba gives a completely different understanding. Answer: He created in the morning like new, new creatures, as the pasuk in Eicha says, Rabbi they are new every morning. We are new creatures every morning. And Rabbi Monatecha, great is your faithfulness. By the way, this is the source. This is the source from for which we gleaned part of the nusach of Modi'ani. <speaking in Hebrew>
1: hands and their feet in the vessel called the
0: so too we need to, before we serve Hashem, we need to wash our hands. Now, according to the Rashba, it's not necessarily connected to davening. It's connected to, in the morning we are created anew, and this is a new day to serve our and since it's a new day to serve our Kodesh Baruch, Hu, we have to just like the Qur'an wash their hands, so too do we need to wash our hands as a preparation in our service of our Kodesh Baruch. Hu. What is the practical ramification? According to the Rashba, the obligation to wash our hands is once a day in the morning when we are created anew. According to the Rosh, it's an obligation to wash our hands with the brocha anytime we are about to daven. So clearly according to the Rosh, one would not do
1: and,
0: and definitely not recite the bracha before mincha or before marriage. On the other According to the Rosh, since I stayed up all night, I was in complete control of my faculties. I can assume that my, I know that my hands are not unclean, according to the Rashba, since it's a new day, HaKorosh Baruch Hu has almost created me anew, and therefore I should say a with, in a How do we
1: pass in? Between the or between the Rashba, the different reasons says the Mishnah Ula Halacha, Meaning, one needs
0: two conditions in order to be able to recite the bracha al-natilat yadayim in the morning firstly it's got to be a new
1: day. so the
0: morning of shabbat yeah, once you do natilat yadayim because it's a new day but i can't say a bracha because according to the Rosh, I, I, I know where my hands have been and they're not unclean so what's the solution the solution is even according to the rosh if before davening, i went to the bathroom and then my hands were unclean because i went to the bathroom after i go to the bathroom then i can say on the according to everyone even on shabbat even though i didn't um, even though i didn't uh, sleep because my hands were dirty Plus, it's a new day. So, in that case, even on Shabbat morning, I can say a brocha on the Tilak but there I have to be makfi to do it after I go to Okay. That is uh, stage number one that we, we switch back. The question is when should I recite the broha? Because another ramification between the Rosh and the Rashbe is as follows. The Rosh focused that focused the reason for the Natilat Yadayim as preparation for tefillah. But let's say a person, many people wake up in the morning, five o'clock they get up in the morning, they do natilat Yadayim, they then learn daf Yomi, and they only get to shul two hours later at seven o'clock. So, so when should they say the Bruch al Natilat Yadayim? If, according to the Rosh, the reason for Natilat Daim is really preparation for tefillah, maybe I should say the bracha on Natilat Daim at 7 o'clock in the morning when I go to shul. As opposed to if I understand the reason is based on the Rashba, that I'm saying a bracha because I'm a new creature serving Baruch Well, then I should say it as soon as I wake up, before I learn Yomi, before I do anything else. I should say the bracha then. So who do we pass in like over here? Says the Shulchan Aruch in Orachaim Siman Vav, "Yeish negin lamtin leberech al netilat yadayim ad bo'am am knesset Some wait until they get to shul to say Birkat al netilat yadayim, and Birkat The logic of that is very understandable if we under, if we hold like the Rosh. but says the Shulchan Aruch That's not the Minag of the Svarim. Meaning, the Minag of the Svarim seems to be that they accept the opinion of the Rashba. That the main reason why I need to do Natilat Yadayim in the morning is because I'm a new creature. Therefore, I should do it as, as close as possible to the time I woke up. However, the Rama adds Val Kol Panim Nevertheless, person shouldn't uh, recite the brocha twice. If you made the brocha at home, don't recite the brocha in the shul. You should if you did it in the shul, you shouldn't do it at home. And then says the Ramma, many people, myself included. Have a shir before damning. So if you have a share before dabbling so before I go to, go to shul, I'm already I'm, I'm, I'm learning. What should I do? Or mitpalel called or he's before he goes to shul. The Ramah seems to favor that if there's going to be a big gap between waking up and going to shul, right? And you're doing something in between, you should say Al at home. Because uh, uh, it's similar to the opinion uh, based on the rashba. Now, there's another uh, problem that even if you're going to say the bracha not the yadayim at home, let's say a person woke up and he says he does not yadayim, he wants to say the bracha. Here we get into a very practical um, problem, and that is that if a person needs to go to the bathroom. It is asur for him to say a brocha, right? Um, so many people, when they wake up in the morning, the first thing, one of the first things they need to do is they need to go to the bathroom. Many people wake up because they need to go to the bathroom, right? Um, and as I suppose, this uh, an age factor over here is uh, is uh, one of the one of the one of the factors to take into account. But the question is. So when you say al natsilat yadayim, the first the person wants to do al natsilat yadayim and then go to the bathroom. But if he did al natsilat yadayim and he still needs to go to the bathroom, now we have two problems. Number one, can you say a brocha when you do Yadayim, when you need to go to the bathroom? That seems to be a problem. Number two, it's not so simple to delay going to the bathroom if a person needs to. That you a person could transgress a Torah violation of Baal tashaksu. Okay. That's a Torah violation that if a person needs to go to the bathroom and he doesn't, uh, it's a, it could be a Torah violation. I'm not going to get into all the details. What type of bathroom, uh, What, type, what type, why does he need to go to the bathroom, uh, is it urination or defecation? There are different halachot regarding this. So we're just going to say that it's, it's a complicated topic, right? So now, says the Mishra, based on everything that I've said, the yotem meaning, according to the Mishra Torah, a person wakes up, do don't say the bracha, because you need to go to the bathroom, or you know you're going to go to the bathroom, then go to the bathroom, then do a second and once the person has done a second, that's when he says uh, a, a brocha of uh Yadayim. and says the Mishabura prat na definitely if one needed to go to the bathroom it's asked for him to at least say the brocha if he needs to go to the to the bathroom, okay. Um, he then quotes the Chaya Adam, right, he doesn't need to go to the bathroom, but a person, let's say, wants to clean himself before going to shul, that is when he should go to, to um, that is when since if we are focusing on the shita of the Rosh, that the whole purpose of the Tila is really connected to preparation for Tzfilah. Now, the Rav Zaman Arbach says as follows. A person who did not after he's gone to the bathroom. And he knows he's going to need the bathroom before he does it. Now, this, this could very well be let's say a person wakes up at five o'clock in the morning, uh, he goes to the bathroom, and then he does not tilat, uh, Now he wants to do not yadaim, but he knows he's going to have another, now he's going to have a cup of coffee and sit and learn for an hour. And usually, after sitting and learning for, for an hour, after drinking one, one cup of coffee, maybe two cups of coffee, says the Rav Shama Zaman Orbach. And uh, you can see Rav Shama Zaman Orbach is writing this as a, uh, as a person, I imagine, because most of the Gedolim they didn't wake up Uh, They didn't wake up at, you know, five minutes before going to Dabney. They used to wake up at three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. They used to have a whole Seder of learning for two, three hours before before Dabney. So if you can imagine a person's learning for two, three hours before davening, it's very likely that he's actually going to go to the bathroom. Uh, once or twice. So I think that's how <laughs> Shlomo and Arbach saw this as a practical uh, din that probably he, he came in contact with. Mm-hmm. One should wait until one does the second and only then make the right um, why is that? Because it's closer to connecting to the preparation of the tefillah. And therefore, one could say that, at least for the Rosh, that would, uh, one would make sense, sense. It still fits with the Shittah of the Rosh, but still for the morning, it's not a problem. Okay. However, the Bira Alachar brings a different appeal, And here mashma She'ein Adam, it sounds like he does not agree with Chaya Adam that a person should delay the bracha about nitzilat yadayim closer to the times of going to shul. As soon as the person has gone to the bathroom and to say the the, the so the bottom line is it's a machloket. And the mission of says, He does think that one should rather go with the opinion of the
1: and
0: wait till that. he says the Shari Chuba and Svayri Poskim, who come from a more Kabbalistic um, tradition, say one should say the. Bra- as soon as possible, again, the
1: rocha of the little at your name. Rab Monachai will <coughs> uh, Radha, you me wrong. Me? You're on mute. Yes. OK, now we can hear you. You can hear me now? Hello? Hi, Reba. It's, it keeps breaking up.
0: Internet. Yeah. Okay. I have to uh, your, your, your connection is good. You're not coming in uh, properly. Your can can everyone good. hear me now? What keeps on breaking up? Uh, That's better. It's not oh. good?
1: Yeah, that sounds um,
0: better. Okay. No, it's breaking Let's up
1: again.
0: Try. No. It's no good again. If, uh, if it's not good, I'll have to see. Uh, what
1: else we can We've lost you again
0: Hello Yes, uh, yes my eye my internet Let me let me try this Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. I'll I'll um top Bezrat Hashem. Please go on to have Siata Dishmaya, and then it will uh, it will survive. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's continue in the meantime. So here's just a very um, um, quick summary that you can see that basically we have two reasons up until now that we've seen quantity Yadayim according to the Rosh, preparation for Tfilah, according to the Rashba. It is because we are new creations. Halakha said we only say a bracha when we have both conditions. And therefore, you, it's only said in the morning, not before mincha or marif, And it's only said if our hands were unclean. If we stayed up all night, and this is very, say, a person's on a, a flat, and they didn't sleep all night. So if they do in the yadayim in the morning, maybe they can't say a bracha, Unless they go to the bathroom. If they go to the bathroom before doing the yadayim, then they get around the problem. We discussed, based on the Rosh and the Rashba, there might be a machloket achronim, whether one should say the natilat yadaim as one wakes up, or closer to when one goes to davening. There's a third reason why we need to do natilat yadaim, and this is connected to two parts. One is from the Zohar, but it's actually hinted to in the Gemara. Amar Rebi Muna Mishum Rab Rav Munna says in the name of Rabbi Yehuda, this is a Gemara in Shabbat Kufchet Amud Bet. and the Gemara says as follows: Yad If a person touches one's hair one's eye with one's hand, should, that, that hand should be severed. A very uh, strict uh, wording, but basically the Gemara is basically saying this is very dangerous. Yad or if a person uh, touches with one's hand one's nose, and yad gigit, one who basically touched a barrel of beer, should also be severed. Now, what is the connection between all of these? Explains Rashi that a person touches his eyes before doing nitilati in the morning. And why is that? And explains the Gemara. i natan. Bat chorin this foul spirit called Bat-Khorin, for the first time we are hearing that in order to get rid of this foul spirit called bat horin, or in another place in the Gemara, it's actually called Shivta, at least according to Rashi, it's the same thing. This can only be removed through doing that three times and because of this the Shulchan Aruch rules in yadaim, and then he adds when a person should wash one's hands and, and say the bracha al natilat one needs to do this three times on each hand to remove the evil spirit that is on the hands. Now I just want to clarify this is not a halacha for when we do Nithilat dying for bread. Nithilat dying for bread, we've never heard of three times. Okay? Nithilat Yadayim, the only time that we've seen in the Gemara is connected to the Ruach Ra'ah. And this Ruach Ra'ah is generally in the morning. When we wake up, there is a Ruach Ra'ah. And where does the idea come from? And the Gemara, basically, uh, this idea is actually from the Zohar. So let's, let's jump to the Zohar. And the... Uh, Uh, Sorry, we didn't quote the Zohar. We didn't quote the Zohar, but the Zohar basically says says that when a person dies, when a person goes to sleep, so uh, his soul leaves him. And because his soul leaves him, there's a one-sixtieth of death, and there's a certain impurity. And when a person person wakes up, Hashem returns the soul, and this impurity leaves his body through the fingertips. That's the Zohar. And therefore, because there's a, a remnant of this impurity on a person's fingertips, it is very dangerous and it might impact if one touches any of the orifices on one's body, the eye, the nostrils, the mouth, etc. And because of that, before we touch our body, our eyes, or any orifices, we actually need to do nithilatiadaim as soon as possible. And not only do we do niti we need to do it three times. Uh, um, similar, uh, uh, once on the right, then on the left, the right, left, right, left, in order to remove uh, this, uh, this Ruach Raya. So on the one hand, this is critical that you need to do it three times. On the other hand, the rules that you don't necessarily need all the halachot of uh, that we usually have when we're going to learn, learn the laws of regarding before, let's say, eating bread. Eating bread, you definitely need a naklak, you need a vessel. It needs to be done, by koach gabra it means that I have to pour my, I have to be the one pouring, whereas as opposed to, let's say, you just turn the, the tap on and the water's running freely. So me ikara din, ruach can be removed even without all of the regular halachic obligations for Nitzilat Even though the Ramah says, Tob like bed that if one can, says the Mishabura, that this is all it's not my but if one can, one should definitely use a nakla, one should definitely do it with koach gabra. Koach gabra means that it's coming from my arm pouring the water. It's not that, it's not that it's coming automatically like running from the tap. Okay. Now, um based on based on this, so we've seen a third reason why we need to do Nati The first was preparation for Tfila. The second of the Rashba was uh, basically because we are new creatures and therefore we want to serve a Konish Baruch Hu, And this is just before, just like the Chayim in the Beit HaMidah, before serving Hashem, they wash their hands, so too we wash our hands. The Gemara and the Zohar give a third reason and that is to remove the Ruach Ra'ah that are on our fingertips. Okay. Um, now, the question is, so based on this third reason, when should we do Natilat Yadayim? If it's just, as the Rosh says, preparation for tefillah, so there's no reason to do it as soon as I get out of bed. Huh? According to the Rashba, there's more of a reason. But as we'll see, according to the Bayt, Chadash, the, the Bach, he quotes a Kabbalistic work, and he says as follows, Katav besefer tolat Yaakov, the, the book Tolat Yaakov says, the bazaar ita, that in the Zohar it is brought down, arba amot a person walks four cubits in the morning without washing one's hands, chayav a very harsh, uh, very harsh statement. Lama lo beit now, this is interesting because the Bach says, This is the Zohar. But debate yourself, Yosef, the Beit Yosef is Rav Yosef Karo, who is also the author of the Shulchan Aruch, didn't bring this halacha down. Why not? Venireh, says the Bach, his understanding is r-ru-ba, de r-ru-ba, most people especially going back a few hundred years, did not have access to water, you know right by their bedside. And therefore, what you're going to do, you're going to tell people this halacha that no one can keep says the Bach, he thinks that the reason why the Beit Yosef left this halacha out is because because most people would just not be able to fulfill it. That's a very interesting understanding, meaning according to the Bach, one definitely should try and wash one's hands within four cubits, approximately two meters from when one wakes up in the morning. So unless one's bathroom is mammish next to one's uh, bed, um, according to the Bach, one's in trouble. Now, you do find a lot of the Yeshiva Bochrim uh, that, you know, put a negel vasa uh, by their bed and they're very makpid about this halacha from the Zohar. So, is there any room to be makkil? Even though the Mishnah Bura says, uh, one one should uh, be uh, makpid about this, but then, then he brings, uh, uh, says the Mishnah Bura, the Yesh Omrim, some say, the Inyanze, based uh, because uh, regarding this din of the Zohar, one's entire house is considered four cubits. And then he says, meaning that according to the Mishnah, one should have a vasa by one's bed, or have your bathroom door, you know, if it's within two meters, no problem. If not, you can rely on the opinion that one's entire house is, uh, is considered, one's entire house is considered four cubits. However, Rav Nevensal quotes his Rebbe, Rav Frommezal Bach, who brings down a famous, famous uh, opinion of the Vilna And here he says, this is the Yitzhaki Yikare, it's a, 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 a commentary on the Mishnah burah written by the students of Rav Nevensal, or maybe Rav Nevensal himself, but it's basically all the p'sakim of Rav Nevensal. And he quotes his Admor, meaning he quotes uh, his Mori Verabi, which is Rav Shomazam and Arbach, uh, but he always calls Adonai which is usually something, a title given to Hasidic Rabaim, um, but he quotes that regarding Rav Shomazam and Arbach. Uh, Shama Rav David We have a tradition all the way back from the Vilna Gam. Rav ben Abraham, Hagraf When uh, very briefly, for those who don't know the story, it is a phenomenal story about uh, there was a, a nobleman uh, called Valentin Pochyki, who was a Polish nobleman, was Uh, Poland was very much uh, a Catholic uh, country, and he was um, very high up in government, and this kid, when he was a youngster, 18 years old, was asking questions. He was actually going to be, uh, uh, went to one of the seminaries uh, to become a priest, and he was asking too many questions, and ultimately he came and said, the true religion is Yadut, and he disappeared and he went to learn, and he converted, and became a, a very devout yid. Uh, and he became a huge Talmud chacham. In fact, the legend is that he was one of the few Talmudim that the Vilna actually taught. The Vilna didn't have many Talmudim that he actually um, taught. Obviously, we have the famous Talmud Rav Chaim of Elohim. One of the other Talmudim that apparently sat by the Vilna was Rab Abraham, uh, Ben Abraham, this Ger Valentin Potoczki. The the church hunted him because it was a a, a great, uh, you can imagine what the debacle was that one of the noblemen uh, converted to Judaism. They found him and his parents intervened and they were going to burn him at the stake and his parents intervened. And they said, if you let, uh, they convinced the church that if he, uh, you know abandons Judaism and uh, becomes a, a faithful Christian again then they will absolve him of any punishment and this uh, Valentine Potrai said no, I can't do that and he said I'll rather die Al-Kidush Hashem." and it's famous that the villain actually went to visit him the day before uh, his death uh, he was going to be burnt at the stake and uh, this gear, asked the Vilna Gaon two questions. The first question he asked him is, "Should what brocha should I say? Should I say, Asheh Kiddusha al-Mitzvotavet limsoret al-Kiddush Hashem? Is there a nusach for a brocha to fulfill the mitzvah to die al-Mitzvah Kiddush And the Vilna Gaon said that he should make a brocha, I think, and, and there are different opinions of what, what the Vilna Gaon answered, but that is, as far as I know, the correct uh, version. And the second question that he asked him was, should I walk in haste to be bound, you know, or should I walk uh, very drudgingly A um, person who's being uh, put to death? Because in the end of the day, he said, I'm going to do a mitzvah. I'm going to die al kiddush Shashem. So maybe I should walk in, you know, walk in, in you know, upbeat in a hasty, hasty manner to fulfill a mitzvah. So the Milanoid said, uh, yeah, he shouldn't walk drudgingly, he should walk. Uh, in a, in an upbeat manner, he doesn't have to run. Um, those are the, that's famous. What the story with the, the Vilna Gaon and this gear, and now yeah. after unfortunately, and he was he was burnt to death on Shavuot. On Shavuot it was uh, on Shavuot, and there's uh, many stories about it. It's, uh, if you uh, it's 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 an amazing story, but says the Vilna Gaon, That after the death of this Ger, who died al-Kiddush Hashem, with such complete emunah, the Vilna said that the Ruach Ra'ah that was in the world had kind of dissipated, or the strength of the Ruach Ra'ah has has dissipated from that moment on. The Vilna was a big Kabbalist, and he, in his understanding, felt that it had disappeared. So this is what Rav Shlomo Zalman says. Upireif, Rav Shlomo the hain oraklin is so based on this. If we hold that there's no moruach ra'am, then this law of the Zohar, that a person can't walk for amot without doing the tilat yadayim, no longer applies. So says Rav Shlomo Zalman, this din only applies but not regarding things that are mentioned in the Gemara. We saw touching uh, food and touching uh, uh, touching orifices of one's body, that was mentioned in the Gemara. But this walking, Arba four cubits without the that's only mentioned in the Zohar. So it says, this no longer applies. And therefore, one can definitely make today. One doesn't have to put it in a lamp. For, you know, next to one's bed, it's not mentioned in the Gemara, it's mentioned in the Zohar, and the Vilna Gaon says that this halacha doesn't necessarily apply in our generation, and even if you don't accept the opinion of the Vilna Gaon, you have the second opinion of the Mishnabura that says that perhaps our, one's entire bayit, one's entire house, is considered four uh, cubits. There's also the opinion of the Yalkut Yosef, Rabbi Vad Yosef, basically says that me Ikaradin one doesn't have to worry about walking four cubits without that he says a person who is Makpid, Tavo Alehem Bracha. Uh, One last uh, um, uh, or two last uh, halachot, and that is this water that was used for Natilat Yadayim is, has the, the tumor of this, this foul spirit of the Ruach Ra'ah is very dangerous. As we saw, the Gemara says you can't touch your, the, any of the orifices. Based on this, says uh, the Beit Yosef. That he quotes the Zohar that basically this water shouldn't be used to water your plants and it shouldn't be used to pour in an area where people are going to be walking over it. In the times of the Gemara, they used to pour it on the floor of their houses and the Zohar says don't do that because people are going to walk over it. So today we have sinks and therefore the post can say today one should pour it down the sink. But can should one do it uh, in the kitchen, let's say the dirty dishes. In the kitchen sink. So says Rabbi Yosef. One should be very careful not to do natinat over your your vessels, your dirty dishes, because they will absorb the tumor, and that's dangerous. And he says, but if you do do it, make sure to wash them uh, very well, and then it's then it's not a problem. Um, one one final halacha that uh, I just want to uh, just want to mention regarding this din is what happens regarding woman uh, getting up in the middle of the night. So let's say uh, a woman, uh, oh, sorry, before I mention that, one other halacha. This Ruach Ra'a, the list in the Gemara said that a person who touches beer with unwashed hands, his hand should be severed. Rashi understood from there that basically touching food before Natilat Yadayim is very dangerous because you're imparting the Ruach Ra'a onto the food. So why did it mention beer? Beer was just an example of food. However, the Rosh seems to understand that no, it's got a debt is not connected to the Ruach Ra'ah. And there's a machloket between the Rosh and the Rashi, whether the Ruach Ra'ah is a problem for food, right? people. Now, why is this so important? Because let's say you got a restaurant and the uh, the waiters and the, the people that are preparing the food there are not necessarily religious. And if they're not religious, they might not have done the tilat Yadayim. So is there a problem eating the food at the restaurant when the people preparing the food didn't do the tilat Yadayim in the morning? So says, says basically the poskim that one, one doesn't have to worry too much about it. In your own house, yes, you should be careful not to prepare food if you, uh, if you don't, um, until you've done the tilat gedai. But going to a restaurant, there are a few reasons why one can be linear. Number one, as we saw, to remove ruach you don't necessarily do not need a nakla. All you need to do is water. And most people today, when they wake up in the morning, for hygienic reasons, wash their hands. Okay, maybe they don't do it three times, but maybe they do. So that's reason number one to be lenient. Reason number two to be lenient, as we saw, according to the Vilna this the strength of the Ruach Ra'ah seems to have dissipated as uh, in our generation or from the times of uh, uh, the time of uh, Rav, uh, the, that uh, Rav Avram ben Avram, the, um, the Gir. Um, so that's the second reason to be uh, lenient. So, based on that, perhaps one, one da- basically the post say one doesn't necessarily have to worry. Um, and it's also a suffix. Maybe they didn't, who knows? So, it's a suffix to begin with. And you have many reasons why you don't. Uh, there's a very interesting article at the essay. For those of you who have got the, the books, I suggest reading it. It goes into this exact topic what is the status of un, uh, of food? that was handled by people that didn't do Nati Lat explains all the nuances, and Rab Udiel Haddad gives a very interesting uh, perspective on that halacha. So that's at the end of the shir for those uh, people who want. Um, a very common question is women, let's say waking up in the middle of the night and they nursing a child. Do they have to do netilat yadaim? So let's end off with the final source, and that is the p'ninei halacha rab melamed. He says as follows. Parents, they wake up in the middle of the night, k'dein l'chasot e'benam o'latet mozetz v'fiv, or to put the dummy, uh, the uh, pacifier back in. do not need to do netilat yadaim beforehand. m'fnei she'kiswe hatinok o'netinat mozetz v'fiv, e'en tzarek sh'yigil bidehem v'fiv o'bechad m'pitechei since you're not touching one of the orifices of the child, are you not touching the nose or the mouth? You're just touching the dummy, uh, the, the pacifier. For South Africans listening, it's a dummy. For the Americans listening, it's a pacifier. Um, and You're not touching the mouth directly, and therefore it's okay. But one who wakes up in the middle of the night in order to prepare a bottle, Or to change a dirty dapa, Then it is preferable to wash one's hands. Why? Because here you might come in contact with other certain orifices of the child, right? Uh, When one's changing the dapa, Or you're coming in contact with food. And we said the ruach that is on the food is also dangerous. A child, a woman that wakes up in the middle of the night to nurse her child, it is preferable that she should uh, do natilat yadayim before this, right? and if it's difficult there are opinions that say that she doesn't have to, and therefore, if it's difficult for her, then uh, she can rely on that. According to everybody, no one uh, she doesn't make a bracha. So that is the end of our first year, which is Nitzilat Yadayim, even when one wakes up in the morning. Bezrat Hashem, Next week we will start uh, the next year in which our preparation for Tefillah, um, which is, and uh, next week we'll focus again on Nitzilat Yadayim, but not connected to the morning, but generally. The rest of the day as well okay have uh, everyone have a good day and a good week thanks for listening. thank you uh.